this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hooligans and whovians, and welcome to the Who A podcast on post show recaps. I am your host, Kevin Mahadeo. Thankfully, no longer choking on poisoned air as I set fire to all the air in my apartment. And now I am safe because that's how that works. Uh, and I'm going to check in on my co host, Adam H. Adam, how are you doing? Have you set fire to the air in your apartment? I, well, see, I tried to, and then the smoke alarm went off, and then Ruby got all excited. And it's just a whole thing. We just I couldn't deal with it. And then I got in trouble for burning the entire building down. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. But I, I, I don't know. I guess in this Doctor Who universe, it's fine if the entire sky just gets waves of fire go crash across yeah. the entirety of the planet uh is there i'm not a scientist famously we know this we've talked <laughs> about this so many times but i know the word stratosphere okay that's a science yes. word right like that's, that's, that's like a word that's a word yeah, yes. that's like something that would be used in science what and there's other spheres i think i just couldn't tell you what they are my question though is like what sphere what sphere of the universe could be capable of blowing up like this and we wouldn't all die is it the stratosphere 
Is there That's, you, what are the other spheres? There's got to be. Here's the fun ones. thing. Um, I'm also not a scientist, mm. and unfortunately, our resident scientist, Melissa, is not here. She is oh, off no. another galaxy fighting the Zargons, as far as I remember. Our doctor is out there fighting the good fight, doing her best to keep the galaxy safe. Uh, so it's you and I and a special guest this week. Everybody, welcome to the Doctor Who podcast. Taylor. Taylor, what's up? Hi. Who, me? <laughs> yes, you. Yes. Could it be? <laughs> then who? <laughs> Not a doctor. <laughs> That's right. Do, Taylor, do you know the different spheres of the sky? Uh, you know, I can't say I do. I know the spheres of many fantasy realms, but oh. not our own sky. <laughs> oh, okay. I will say, I did just look this up. There are five spheres. That's a lot okay. of spheres. Okay. Um, is it Mesosphere one? Mesosphere is one, yes! Oh my god. Okay, so from inward to out. Okay, we have troposphere. Never in my what? life would have said that. Stratosphere. I crushed that one. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Mesosphere, Kevin, pop off. Next, the thermosphere. Yes. Okay. Sure. I would have had, I would never, ever would have guessed that. And then finally, the exosphere. There are five spheres. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell you what the actual difference is between them. I just have a nice little graphic here that is showing the thermosphere is the one, right? Like, that's that's got to be the one. It's on fire. Yeah. Notice there. Well, and I don't see poisosphere. So I don't really know (laughs) where. Yeah. I don't know where they were storing the the poisonous gas here. But I I like the guess (laughs) of thermosphere for the fire. That seems to really make a lot of sense to me. Sure. Sure. sure, sure. Although I don't think that the thermosphere starts right at the tip of the Statue of Liberty as it is all blowing up. And so, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit lower when we're talking about the entire sky burning. Uh, by the way, it's, that's not even that tall, okay? So, like, when we're burning the entire sky at that level of elevation, that is going to hurt, like, the whole city. We lost mountains. The whole we city of mountains. Denver is gone. It's gone. Like, <laughs> are, are we already starting off talking about height issues of things? Is that what we're already going to start off with that? Yeah. Let's, that's, that's our beginning here. Love it. Love we did it. lose one of the hosts of the podcast who was very passionate about height issues. So I guess, hey. like, this makes a lot of sense, Taylor, for you coming on, representing team at Shorties. Representing the Shorties, uh a few inches shorter than Melissa, so I'm yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in deep on the team. So at least yeah. we kept it, you know, balanced here with yeah. a short, average, and giant. So uh, <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. we're in a good mm-hmm. spot. Kept the kept the measurements all good on this podcast. Uh, for those <laughs> joining us, uh, this is a, as mentioned the Who Way, the Doctor Who podcast, where we're covering Doctor Who week by week. We are in season four right now, and we are talking The Poison Sky, episode five, which is the second part of the two parts on Tarm Strategy, Poison Sky combo, in which we were uh, encountering, I was about to say introduced, but I guess for New Who introduced to the Suntarms for the first time, they have appeared in previous Who incarnations, but we are here talking about the uh, revival, well, I don't even know what to call it, Christopher Eccleston series start uh, in 2005, and we've been going through here um uh as patrons before and now fully on the on the main channel uh talking about season four because it's just such a good season to like really get into doctor who and really talk about it and honestly still holding true to in my opinion like this is this is solid doctor who this was really great really great stuff uh taylor i wanted to ask you because you're here uh in the discord 
you're a patron. You've mm-hmm. you've talked with us um, on the channel, left feedback before. But recap everyone else. Are you new to Who or have you been in the Doctor Who world before? Yes, I'm so glad you asked, Kevin, because I love saying this every time. And I say every time, like I've been on this podcast a million times, but it was only once a very, very long time ago <laughs> in a time of uh, a galaxy far, far away. Um, but I grew up uh, as not a full-blooded Tumblr kid, but um, <laughs> uh, Supernatural and Sherlock. I'm so sorry, Taylor. We 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 just we just can't let that be said <laughs> and not at least talk about it for just a brief oh moment. Okay. Can you please, for the uninitiated, um, <laughs> let the probably Kevin? I would maybe include in the uninitiated. I don't I I don't want to assume that Kevin was not a Tumblr girly, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, Taylor, when you say this Tumblr life, can you just mm. describe what that means for those for those who don't know? Uh, oh, gosh. So um, I'm sure most people who listen to this are familiar with the word fandoms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Care? Fandoms? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Probably too much to all the extents, but right, yes. Already, yeah. Already too far. But um, yeah, just a significantly... Uh, unhealthy amount of time spent on the internet looking at uh pictures mostly like really terrible uh com- composite images of characters from multiple tv shows book series drawings memes songs everything you could possibly think of um but so i i was very much in the supernatural and sherlock um uh, mm. sections of that world now some of you might be familiar with the term super who lock. Now, I was two of those three. And now at the ripe age of 26, I am officially becoming the, the triple threat of the super who lock. So be careful with the age stuff. too. Yeah, I was about to really... say, you know, the other thing about this podcast now, though, what I don't like is that all of a sudden the average has just really shifted against me. And I don't yeah. love that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you might just have to deal with that. I don't know. That's because I, I do like that part of it. Taylor, mm-hmm. I am only two out of three on the Super Who Lock, though I'm acutely familiar with with the term <laughs> and the community. Um, I have never Supernatural. That is the one that I have not. It's certainly the most like fantasy of them. It definitely makes the most sense for me. That's kind of the element that I don't like jive with the most, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe if, if you're becoming a triple threat, I might have to, to hop on the supernatural bandwagon. Gosh. And Adam, thus, if, oh, go ahead, Kevin. The average has shifted again because <laughs> guess who watched those baby. <laughs> Yay. Now, Kevin, maybe you can join me in this, but I don't know if I can, uh, with sound mind and sound heart, uh, recommend the show Supernatural to you, Adam. Uh, oh, I, I can, but a specific point. Oh yeah. My recommendation is yep. you watch okay. seasons one, I can do that. five, and yep. then you tap out and That's you it. leave. <laughs> How many more seasons are there beyond There are 10. 15. There are 15 total. Oh, 10 more okay. after five. So 20 to 25 me. episodes per season that are almost an hour long each. <laughs> no. Except for season three, which was during the first writer's strike back in 2007, 2008, oh and is a gosh. truncated season. Uh, oh. Yeah. My recommendation, though, First Supernatural is definitely seasons one through five. Mm-hmm. A very solid story, very tight. I mean, yep. on a complete tangent here from Doctor Who, <laughs> but uh, the creator of the series, Eric Kripke, basically mm-hmm. 
created Supernatural, launched it, and at a certain point in either season two or three was just like, I have a five-season arc. Like, that's the story I want to tell. There's five seasons. And they were like, cool. And he's like, okay, great. I'm glad we're all aligned, but I want to tell five seasons of this show. They're like, yeah, totally. And it came along, and season five happened. He got to tell his story. He finished <laughs> the story probably where he wanted. You can tell where they have to tweak it. And they're like, hey, we want to keep going. And he said, basically, good luck with that. I said five seasons. I'm leaving. And then he left. And, like, it's kind of incredible to just be like, no, I did my thing. I'm I'm going to go now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, big Eric Kripke fan. He's also behind The Boys on Amazon Prime, which Mike Bloom and I covered the last season. Probably will continue that train running, uh, that A train running, I guess. Um, yeah, it's I do love those five, first five seasons. I think they're really Absolutely. solid, really well done. And for Tumblr people, boy, oh boy, I don't want to now be like, now Taylor, explain Slash, but like, because we're not going to go there. We're going to keep this podcast as close to PG as we can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. You know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to talk anymore. I'm going to stop right there. Um, stop right I there. just, I did a, just a quick Google search 327 episodes of Supernatural uh, yeah, total. That is a not okay number. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, a lot. You know, just uh, gonna just gonna put that out there. Just all that Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh my wow, God. really? Just a Ration Misha Collins like that? Unbelievable. Alyssa, um, Misha is above everything. Misha's like <laughs> a god. Is. Okay, Misha's well, an like, angel. Thank you. <laughs> I guess. Uh, oh my gosh! All these things confusing. To yeah, have I have no idea what's going on, but I do want to bring this into a little bit of Doctor Who trivia. Yes, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe get us back around. on track. Bring it back, bring it back. Total number of episodes of Doctor Who uh, released. You want to put a guess in for how many episodes of Doctor Who this includes? If, all of the old stuff. If this is less than three hundred and what did you say, twenty-seven? Three hundred and twenty-seven for Supernatural. <laughs> this is less than three hundred twenty-seven. It's sixty years. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Remember, I mean, remember how long these seasons are, right? I mean, we're, you know, True. so uh, you want know, to put in a guess, maybe whoever gets closer gets the, gets the win here. 469. <laughs> wow. I like that. I really got both of your answers there simultaneously. And you both elongated your words just yep. so you could keep talking over each other mm-hmm. simultaneously for all three of the digits. <laughs> okay. 469 Taylor's guess, 270 for Kevin. Both of you, both of you are way low. It is 862 episodes wow. total of Doctor oh Who. Incredible. Wow. Amazing. We're gonna we're gonna die here. Wait, <laughs> well, so I I was closest. What do I win? Um, I don't know. Oh, damn it. We can stop. Maybe we can stop talking about Tumblr. Is that the win? Is that enough of a win for you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Or I, I got an idea. Uh, because she won, I'm going to send a message back in time to ourselves to invite Taylor onto the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's how I'll she got that. invited to this podcast. I was wondering how she happens. got invited, actually. Yeah. So this is actually a lot. Tracks. Yeah. Wow. Now that is timey wimey right there, baby. Timey wimey, baby. <laughs> here we go. All right, so Taylor, uh, you were two out of three, but now you're here into the Doctor Who world. You've been following along with us as we've been watching. Um, what's your feeling? So, what what was your feeling when we first started, and where's your feeling now in season four? Because I know that season four, I feel like, is a is a real spin around for a lot of people who have been questioning us on this journey so far. <laughs> so, I think honestly, because of the background of the the. Uh, the super hulak days i was very eager to start this journey and i kind of have been along for the ride but certainly i feel like from the beginning to now uh my love for it has exponentially grown um and continues to grow 
I'm having such a fun time with it. And it it feels like those shows from like my childhood from like high school that like no matter how many times they repeat the same plot line, you love every part of it. Just no matter how many times things happen, no matter how many times characters fake die and reappear, it's all amazing. And it's all so much fun. So I'm loving the ride personally. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the two doctors that we have seen thus far? Um, and maybe if you've seen other doctors and, you know, you can uh, tell us kind of your history in terms of like what you've seen, where you started and stuff like that. But I'm curious about the the two doctors that we've seen and your comparison of them. So I really enjoyed. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name immediately. Christopher Eccleston. Thank you. Chris, <laughs> I loved I loved him. Um <laughs> I know. I was going to say, well, that tells us what we need to know. No, no, no. <laughs> I did. I did love Chris Eccleston. Um, but I feel like David Tennant was certainly uh, the doctor that I saw uh, around the internet the most when I was at least uh, in that era. Um, so it's fun to actually see him in action. And he's kind of exactly how I imagined him to be, which is lovely and wonderful. Um, so that's been really fun to kind of see these characters that I've seen. I've certainly seen Rose Tyler so, so often. Um, so it is really cool to finally sort of see these characters that I've only seen in memes and uh, composite images finally come to life. Getting yeah. the real context behind the memes. <laughs> well, that is uh, interesting that you mentioned Rose here, Taylor, because I do have some feedback that you sent in that you may have forgotten about here. Um, let me just read this. Mm. Uh, I love Rose Tyler so much. Kevin is completely wrong. Please put more <laughs> romance in the show, please, and thank you. I love it all. Uh, yeah, do you remember? Seems, that seems... I got this from... from... Mm. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. That was my own personal feedback. That I said. Yeah. I was going to say that might be like an alternate yeah. timeline. Yeah. Taylor. That's Rose that... Taylor. That's what that Rose is. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, of course, like thoughts on companions. I, you know, we joke about Rose a little bit, but, we, you know, Rose, we had Martha, who's kind of like back now. Thoughts on that. And then, of course, the amazing Donna Noble. So Rose was tough. <laughs> for me i i definitely had a lot of feedback about rose i think i just i could use less romance mm. and uh hand holding and running uh in general what is it why <laughs> why it every is so, time <laughs> it's so like not efficient if you're running somewhere holding hands with somebody makes it so much harder i feel like efficiency is not the top priority here when you're running I don't. I mean, I, I. I don't know. You're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to get a, and get away from something. Usually, Adam. But like, here, what if you case. were those? That is what I always tell people. I'm like, if you see me running, you should probably also start running because <laughs> something's, <laughs> something's coming. But no, stop, Adam, and grab his hand so that he has to run along. I wouldn't mind the company. I don't know, Taylor. Don't make don't make me do what I'm going to do with Melissa next time we're in the same place, Taylor. We're going to be together in a matter of months, <laughs> and I swear to God, don't even tempt me. We'll start running around holding hands. I'll do it. I've noticed a whole line of people holding hands and running, and it's I'll going to be the most dangerous thing. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I have like a story with this, right? I think about it every time I see people holding hands and running. So how often do you see that? Just first, besides this show, I mean, holding lately, often, yeah, lately a lot. Okay. <laughs> So uh, in high school, you have like uh, uh, the, the uh, oh no, I had it in my head. 
it's like the it's the day where everybody goes outside and you have all the different stations and you like do all sorts of like different the activities. presidential fitness test thing like no, that. no 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 not like the official fitness test like you just go out and it's like the free day where like each class goes out at a certain you guys didn't do this? Yeah, I don't know. No, what this I mean, is. this sounds really great. I I'm down. Wish that we did. Is that yeah. is that because I had like 50 kids in my class? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys got to I hang out go. outside. <laughs> so, so yeah. Sorry. Uh. So we went. <laughs> we go outside and we uh we have we split the class in half. So it's like 25 to 30 kids per team, right? You have to go through these different sort of games and things and whichever class like gets done first wins. But the caveat is that you have to run holding hands with the 25 people in your class. Everybody Mm -hmm. has to be linking hands and running at the next challenge. And it is so difficult. (laughs) It's so hard. I can't imagine like with one person, maybe it's fine. Maybe like for funsies, you could go ahead and do that. I just, when you're trying to get somewhere, that is not helpful. Okay. So I just want to clarify my position here a little bit. Yeah. Um, when you are a sophomore in high school playing mm-hmm. field day, uh, outside going from station to station. Yeah. Um, I maybe that's not exactly the situation I'm talking about. I, when we're talking about yeah, running and holding no, hands. I, like yeah. if you're a group of 25, <laughs> maybe that's more just about like, let's all stay together. Yeah. And not get separated and have high schoolers running around everywhere. Right. I am specifically saying if you are a hypothetical doctor and companion trying to get from point A to point B, I don't know. I think running with holding hands makes a lot of sense. But if we're talking two dozen, you know, 17 year olds, like maybe that's not it. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying that this that's what that reminds me of. Mm-hmm. And all that says to me is like inefficiency, which anybody okay. who knows me knows that's just unacceptable. Did you win field day? Like did your did your class do well? I, I, maybe, you don't, I don't know, know. Okay. probably I was very competitive. So oh. yes, okay. was well, competitive. That's what people are here for. Our discussions on field day. For sure. <laughs> I never got to do field day, Kevin. I always you, thought that you was lost like a... the doctor and you gained me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, after a short break, we're going to get into the episode, uh, the Poison Sky Part 2 of Sunharm Strategy Stratagem Duo. Uh, so let's take a quick break and get into the breakdown. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, and we are back. Okay, when Melissa's gone, I'm taking over uh, duties this week. So this is really exciting and fun. Let's see how I do. All right. So this episode picks up from where we left off. The doctor is desperately trying to free Will from the prison uh, poison in the car before he chokes to death, basically. And Donna's there yelling, like, get him out, get him out, get him out. What's great about this, the doctor's using a sonic screwdriver. Donna's like, help, help. And then Donna's mom just pulls out an axe and smashes the windshield because she gets shit done. Yeah. Uh, incredible moment, honestly. <laughs> in that, like, it was such a cliffhanger of like, what are they gonna do? How are they gonna get him free? Like, even to me, I was like, I didn't remember how this resolved itself, and like, what a way to resolve itself. It was so great. I I I wrote in my notes in all caps, like, let's go, mom, because <laughs> because number one. Uh, you need a handheld weapon in your house, right? You never know what's going to happen. You need to have like a machete, an axe, like a sword, even <laughs> a sword. Even... Yes. A it's a real upstate energy right there. Oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Kevin, sword. do you have a sword in your house? Uh, I do. What? <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> what? What do you mean you have a sword in your house? So unsurprisingly, as a youth, Kevin was a sword kid. So uh Kevin does in fact own swords. Oh <laughs> yes. Wait, swords with an S? Uh yes, multiple swords. Yes. <laughs> How many swords? How many okay, I so mean I I'm going to admit they're not, sadly, in my New York apartment right now because of space Aww. issues. Mm. They are at my parents' house. I see them every time I go because my dad has them out. But I have, <laughs> I currently have <laughs> four. Um, With yeah, you? Four. No, well, again, at my four parents' total? House, yes, Okay. Four total. Uh, so, um, yeah. I love the car. Hey, dad. Um, can you, uh, can you watch <laughs> my sports? <laughs> yeah. Can you keep these? I might need them one day. <laughs> Too relatable. Wow. Too the closest relatable. that I could ever get was in college. We had a baseball bat right by the front door, but that's, that's like as close as we got. I don't have anything now. Who's coming into my house right now? Yeah. Uh, well, not, po- not poison gas, I guess. <laughs> no, I not poison hopefully. gas. Oh my gosh. All right. So Wilf is freed, which is fantastic. The soldier whose name is Ross uh, from the previous episode who was hanging out with the doctor shows up in a taxi cab uh, and doc- the doctor and Donna head back to the Atmos factory. Uh, and like Wilf like gives the support as the mom's just like, where's she going? And he's just like, you go, you go. He's very, he's a very supportive grandfather. Um, yeah. So despite the mom's protest, they they're off. Uh, meanwhile, 
Clone Martha is doing some hacking, uh, and she accesses the NATO mainframe. I guess which you can uh, sure, sure. I, I that's totally fine. Uh, so then she connects with the Santarans, who say, "Wonderful, wonderful line. Good work for a female. Now she must be protected." Taylor, yeah. must you often be protected after uh, doing a good job on something? I so, I'm so mad when this, this freaking line. I cannot with these guys. They drive me absolutely insane. Good work for a female. Once again, come on over here, pal, and say it to my face. And we'll we'll have a good time. Come on over. Come on. Come on, yeah, bring he's, it. He's going to get sorted multiple freaking times. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear looking freaking crazy person. That's a real insult to Buzz Lightyear. Wow. I, you, you you cannot tell me that these guys don't have a literal, like, no, they have the Buzz Lightyear it. silhouette and, like, the evil <laughs> Emperor Zerg eyes on their helmet. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, they literally, like, put the two together, and then when they take the helmet off, they're, like, hot dogs. I, we might be eating different hot dogs, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I felt the same way when people were calling them potatoes. Like, it, it, uh, I don't know that it really tracks for me. The Buzz Lightyear is an interesting comparison, though, because I do feel like if you were to smack Buzz Lightyear right in the neck, he would really struggle. Like yeah. that, would, I think that that is a that's a great comparison right there. That might be where his reset button is. I forget it could where be. Located. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe this whole thing is based on Buzz Lightyear. We have to there check some is. years here. This is but, the real yeah. Lightyear. Uh, all right, so back on the ship, Radigan is super excited for war, which, as we saw in Human Nature and Family of Blood, something you should totally be excited for, especially as a youth. Um, meanwhile, the doctor and Donna arrive at the factory, and the doctor, like, gives her a TARDIS key, which is, like, a big deal. And, like, he's doing it because there's all the gas, so he's like, you'll be safe in there. But, like, Donna essentially is just like, hey, look, this is great. No time for sentimentality. Uh, we'll have to do this later when the sky is not so filled with poisonous gas, which is understandable um the doctor tells the colonel not to engage us on tarans in battle uh and when he when he questions him like hey what are you gonna do the doctor says he's gonna use the tardis to get onto the ship so naturally the clone soldiers teleport to tardis onto this Tarn ship without the doctor uh but unfortunately with donna who is inside hiding out from that poison gas mm -hmm. um the doctor and martha's clone arrive to find the tardis gone uh and he says that he's trapped on earth like a human person. How rubbish is that? No offense. <laughs> Adam, did you take offense to this? I honestly I didn't because I am also trapped on Earth. Like I'm not yeah. I, you know, I can't go anywhere. Like that's an accurate read of the human race for the, just True. the vast, vast majority of us. Um, the one thing I was like, uh, you know, maybe like, all right. Come on, Doc, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Is that basically every episode that the doctor comes to Earth, we see the TARDIS at the beginning and then we see it again at the end. Like we, it's never like, oh, I'm going to take the TARDIS a couple of blocks east and then like drop it off there to get to my next location. Like that has never once happened. And so basically every time he comes to Earth, he is like more or less stranded here. Um, So I, you know, I, this was maybe a little overly dramatic here. Um, The other thing, we've also already done this before, right? With Donna being in the TARDIS and the Doctor like not really being, you know, like we've, mm -hmm. and we've already done it. Um. 
And I think that the last time was better than this time for that particular story point. So that was maybe like one of the only, one of the only downs, because I think like my, we didn't, I didn't even say my overall thoughts in this episode. I really liked it actually. I really, like, I'm pretty high on this episode, but I think like this, is, and it feels weird to like start with the one down story point that we're really <laughs> talking about here. But like, this was maybe one of the only things that I was like, okay, like we, you know, we, we, we've did this. Maybe we move on a little bit from this or, or twist, twist it a little bit. And we, and we just kind of didn't, but. Everything else I really liked, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I really liked this episode. I, I, I also, I, I never said, I was just, I was too fixated on hating on Rose. But I love Martha and I love Donna. <laughs> yeah. I loved getting Martha back for this little arc. Um, And I think I mentioned it in my feedback for the last episode. I love Donna's sass. But yeah, I mean, the hair and like outfit, like just need like a little bit of work here. What would you do to it, Taylor? Like, what is the fix here? So she has like, right now she, in, in this episode, she has like her straight, right? Like her straight hair with the bangs, which like cute, fine. I would like zhuzh it up a little bit. She looks so cute with the curls, but she has these like very wide leg pants. The and pants like, is where it is. I agree. The wide leg pants and like the really long shirt and like the big blazer. And I just think that we need to like, tighten it up somewhere or maybe add like a little bit of color in there i just feel like donna's so sassy and she needs to like live that life in her clothes but if she mm. likes it she likes it but yeah it does i mean it I feels guess. like a little bit more corporate-y um yeah. and it was also like you know this was what 2008 2007 somewhere in that range and so i think you know maybe it makes a little bit more sense oh, yeah. to, to that point than it does maybe to today but um sure. i do agree i think the hair could maybe I don't know. We need to do something just with just, it. Just a little yeah, just. especially since she had like better hair in the pre in the the curling um, looks so good and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I also yeah. have to ask this: these like things that get the TARDIS onto the Santaran ship, mm -hmm. th that seems incredibly like. What kind of technology is this? Those little plot devices that are yeah, there? little yeah. plot device teleporters <laughs> that would probably solve a lot of problems that they have to deal with. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, we have transport technology. We see it elsewhere. Sure. We saw it last episode where they're holding the ball thing or whatever. I don't know. We'll get maybe we'll get to that part of it as well when we're yeah. somehow it's broken and then it fixes and then we get back up and go like it's you know it's all over the place. Basically, if we need something to happen. We can make it happen. And that that is the true motto of Doctor Who. Uh, that really <laughs> is a Doctor Who motto. Um, all right. So the Doctor is, though, suspicious of Martha. I think rightfully so. Uh, he questions her about her family. And she responds like, oh, I mean, I was going to get to that. Uh, and he tells her that Donna went home to hide the fact that she was on the TARDIS. Um, when he gets back inside, he establishes visual contact with the Suntarans. Um, someone also salutes him in this moment, and he's totally not huffy at all about it. Um, Donna's in the TARDIS, and she uh, is observing like the screen. But someone was that was that a person on the screen briefly before the static kicked in, and she could see the Doctor. Uh, yes, indeed, it, it was Rose for a brief, brief moment. We had Rose on the screen saying something that we couldn't hear. Um, which was a really nice uh, little like tease, I think, that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Um, so the Doctor's trying to figure out what the Santarans' plans are. Apparently, there's a war going on between the Santarans and someone called the Rutans for the last 50,000 years. And the Doctor assumes that the war must not be going well. The Santarans are doing all this stuff. Uh, they start chanting again, and the Doctor literally changes the channel on them to cartoons, which is like... A plus moment uh, on his part. 
Um, and then he goes back once he figures they're done, and I even asks him, "You done now?" Um, and the 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 leader Stahl brags about having the TARDIS. Uh, and this part, I'm I'm really curious what your thoughts are because the doctor says that it's it's noble, and then he says something in Latin that's basically just Donna Noble, and Donna's like, "That's me." Yeah, Donna, you I'm, got it. Like, job, Donna. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's such a moment. It's a weird <laughs> bit of writing. Right. And like he eventually tells her, like, oh, it's a phone box. So like she she should call him. Donna doesn't know what his number is. But that moment of just like saying that Latin <laughs> and Donna being like, that's me. It was straight up, in my opinion, like that moment in Lord of the Rings of Legolas, like a diversion. And it's just like, yeah, Legolas, we got it. We got it, man. Good job, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good job, there. buddy. Like, how did, yes. What did you guys think about this? Is it just me in this moment or? No, it was hilarious. I like loved this whole co- number one. This whole conversation with the doctor and the Centaurans uh, and Stahl was like just hilarious. Um, and yeah, this was was great. Like we, I love that we needed the number one. The doctor like going into not a lot of detail, but saying enough, and then getting Donna being like, "Yes," <laughs> it's like all right, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really, really funny. I want to bring up a couple points here. Uh, the first one is I just love when we can just have a random video call and have the camera shift for like on the screen, just at whatever angle we need it to, as though there are cameras everywhere that can be adjusted for this impromptu video call. I just love that. It's really funny because there were so many times when he was like zooming in and I was like, Nope, there's not a camera there. Like that's <laughs> not that's not. You a don't view. know where the cameras on the TARDIS are. <laughs> it makes no are. sense. He also just opened the video link with his sonic screwdriver. Like okay, whatever. <laughs> this thing is really funny. Number two, I got into a weird rabbit hole of the sh- the the animated show that was put up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because this was a real show that was created in 2007 called Tommy Zoom. Oh and my god. It's what? like a part animated part live action show that would like be a live action I'm it's I got way too into this. Amazing. It's just one season. It's the nichest of whatever. Um <laughs> And then I did really love when he was like something noble. Donna was like, what? what? Donna Noble Pachem. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's me. Um, I This is a really tough look for Donna because every single yeah. other time we have seen any companion kind of get hinted at, they've been like really good and perceptive and smart. <laughs> this is a bad look for Donna that it took like that level of, hey, you, Donna! I mean, basically shouting at her, like, this is, you know, this is to you. And then she still, like, didn't know what to do. She, like, still couldn't figure it out after all of that. Come on, Donna, you're better than this. We've seen well, you better. Right? I, maybe we haven't. Maybe we haven't. Listen, listen, I don't listen, think we actually... <laughs> is Donna actually Rose, pretty dumb? Is that bad? Rose is like, you know, the, the compassionate companion, quote-unquote. Uh, Martha is the smart one That's because she's a got nice the, word. The, yeah, the doctoral... Hey. And Donna is the sassy. We love her. She's great. I not is she the Dumbo. <laughs> Last episode, she was sightsee, she was calling man. the she was calling the doctor the Dumbo like one episode yeah. ago, and now well, she's she the Dumbo. Pretty, pretty dumb there, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not saying she's a dummy, but you know, she's not. She's but are the, you saying that? Like, I mean, Donna is clearly not there for like the high stakes, like life endangering adventure. She's there to like experience space and like have a good time. Like, she was so it, it took so much for her to actually step outside the TARDIS 
and like punch one of these guys in their little, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) neck button or whatever. So like, (laughs) you know, I think, I don't think Dot is necessarily dumb. I think she just like, doesn't want to apply herself because she's just having a good time or trying to. I'm, I mean, okay. That is a really generous read. I think when. She's like standing in the TARDIS, completely safe, being like, what do I do? I don't get it. I don't understand. Do what I number do I call you at? That's, look, that's relatable. I, I, if, if I didn't have my contacts in my phone, I'm screwed. How many yeah. phone numbers do you know? Like, how many could you rattle off right now? Two. Two? Just you yeah. and your wife, probably? That's the... Uh, oh, including my own? There's more than that. I could do... Three? Uh, my wife and my sister are the two. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I th- so I think I have like my own. I think I have like four or five. That's, That's impressive. Good. Yeah, remember? I, yeah, remember back in the day when we knew so many more. Well, so one of many. them is my old house phone oh. number. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Funny. I don't even know if it's a thing yet. Two four nine nine five zero three. That's the. I, I don't know. <laughs> you could call. I don't think anyone would answer. I don't think that's a landline that currently still gets used, but. Hopefully I didn't just dox anybody. If that is a real, maybe my old one, I I'm not going to tell you that. Well, I didn't tell them an area code, so maybe it's fine. True, true. Your area code nowadays, but yeah. Anyway. All right. So while all this is going on, um, on the TARDIS and with the doctor, we have Radigan who's telling his students that he plans to take them to another planet called Caster 26, I believe it is, um, and begin the human race anew. And he's calling it Earth Point Two. Uh, he briefly considered calling it Radigan's world. Naturally, everyone there is like, this guy's cray. Uh, they want to leave and find their families. And Radigan pulls out a gun because of course he does. And he also admits that he designed a breeding program because, again, of course he did. This guy is really, like, literally a psychopath. I, but, okay, but, 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 but. Adam. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He's a crazy person. He's the worst. He's terrible. He's an evil villain. Okay, I'm not even here for his redemption story. But the acting is really good. Oh, this no, guy, agreed. like, agreed. I, sure, this sure, is sure. just incredible. Like, this is to me, this is on par with um, whatever we. Oh my god, I forget the episodes. But my dearest father, brother, you know, remember the brother, brother of mine, sister of mine. What, oh yeah, yeah. Blood, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like that is roughly on par with how good this is, and it's it's yes. really really incredible. Um, I'm also gonna make a comparison here that I just don't know who this is gonna land with. Um, I'm hoping it lands with you, Taylor. Okay. Are you getting Neville Papperman from iCarly vibes at all? The guy who is like, ruin the day, Carly, you will ruin it. Are you getting that guy? Because that is exactly the vibes that I have been getting from this guy. iCarly, man, yeah, I'm too old for this podcast right now. (laughs) Oh my God. Like a one-to-one and it's uncanny. Wow. episode and i watched it earlier today <laughs> <laughs> um, that's incredible okay oh carly is a really good show and i actually would recommend it to people i, I great. really do like it but it's I have big neville peppermint vibes just oh. clearly outside of my scope i i watched a lot of stuff uh, off the disney channel and and such um i'm an avowed kim possible fan seen the entire yeah. series oh, yeah. yeah uh love the movies big fan uh, so this is, it's just, it was outside of my wheelhouse at that time on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, that's a great comparison. Um, well, yeah, this kid is, I love that this like kid genius is like, mm-hmm. I'm naming my new planet Earth Point Two. 
he's look, he's, on, he's a genius, man. but he's not creative. Right? <laughs> I oh. think that's the lesson there. Um, which so the two painful. aren't always hand in hand. No, um, certainly. Yeah. Terrible. And like he has this gun, but it's completely ineffective because I mean, I guess this is something towards the character, I guess. Like he's not gonna use it. So they like peace out afterwards, uh, and like he has a totally normal one over it, right? Like they leave and he totally just acts and responds rationally. Um, I'm kidding. He yells like a like a little baby. Uh so Donna calls her mom and Wolf because she has this phone. And there's a bit about this, like, pollution and environmentalism that her mom says, right? Like, they kept warning of us about this. And, like, this was fine. Like, I, I was fine with it. It, it, it was uh, very obvious in what they were trying to do. But, like, it was short. At least they didn't, like, linger too long on just, like, let's let's just pontificate about the, the pollution and environmentalism and what we've done to this point. Like, I'm happy that it wasn't that, at least. Mm-hmm. Um we're saving that conversation for later, Adam. In a in a in a while from now, probably. Yeah, I mean, but it's coming. The conversation is coming. Just <laughs> oh yes. Um, okay, so Unit decides to use nuclear weapons against the Santarans. However, uh, if you remember that NATO hack, uh, Martha is able to stop the launch completely. Uh, the Santarans enter Unit, and while the doctor says to get the people out of there, the Colonel, of course, says open fire. Works about works out as about as well as you can think. So uh, Ross, the soldier that was there from earlier, dies amongst this group as the Santarans just basically slaughter them. They take full control of the factory, but the doctor is wondering why, um, which is a good question because like this seems completely out of character for like everything going on. So he's a little bit confused on like what exactly their their what the stratagem is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the the one point of confusion I had for this was like, okay, we got in the system to like make the nukes not work, right? Like that was a that was the reason why fake Martha had to get into the system. But also the doctor says like the nukes are not gonna do anything to the Santarans, but then also the Santarans are like big on if like we want to be attacked, we want to fight, we want to go to war. So like either either the doctor is wrong that the nukes wouldn't do anything, which I don't think is correct, or the nukes do something. I like, I, I don't know. I'm a little, lo- I was a little lost on this part. I didn't really care or it didn't really matter, but I'm just like, logically I'm, I have to represent I, Melissa's feelings here. I think. I, and- I don't know. Like, okay. So there's a whole thing about obviously in, <laughs> in the stratosphere or in the atmosphere, Which specific right? one, Kevin? Yeah. Let me just... <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Uh, but if, like, if, if a nuclear weapon goes off, it's bad because it actually dissipates it further and the effects are, like, way worse. So I don't know what the situation would be like in space, but if, like, a nuke goes off in space, it could affect the planet, which is absolutely what the stars don't want mm. because they do need to use the planet. So it could mm. be that's the reason they don't okay. want the nukes to go off because it could affect the planet in some way and that would be bad for them. So that's my assumption. Okay, I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. This was like just so frustrating too, because I love it when people like bring the doctor on for advice and are like, let's we'll (laughs) we'll listen to him completely. And then he's like, Don't do this explicitly. And they're like, Oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna that's the one thing we're definitely gonna do. (laughs) Yep, we're absolutely doing that. Uh yeah. Freaking humans, man. Uh yeah, freaking humans is usually (laughs) a good statement to make. Um the doctor says that he wishes the brigader was here, but uh, the colonel says that Sir Alistair is stranded in Peru. Now, whatever could that mean? I think we can probably uh, say here. Um, so the, oh my God, what is the full name? Uh, brigader General Alistair something. Lethbridge Stewart, right? Le- Lethbridge Stewart. 
um, is a former companion of the doctor, which is really fun. So he was a companion way back in, oh my gosh, which doctor is this? Is the fourth incarnation? He's definitely like an early incarnation of the, uh, an earlier incarnation of the doctor. He was one of the companions. Uh, I think he was around there for a while too. So it's really fun to like have this reference and also just sort of acknowledges a different era of Doctor Who and shows the variety of companions he has because like he is a soldier. So I thought that that's a really interesting thing. Um, while this isn't a continuity moment, I will say, remember the name. Um, this is something that comes about in really cool ways, I think, throughout the series. So it's a really, really fun beat. Um, so Radigan dejectedly returns to the Santaran ship to tell them about his failures. And the Santarans, to the surprise of everyone, are like, hey, there is no other planet. We made that up. The moment those people showed up, we were just going to shoot them for target practice. Uh, so, like, they only needed him to install the Atmos system. Uh, and when he, they say Atmos system, he corrects their tautology usage. So and they understandably try to murder him over it in anger, which I thought was very funny. Uh, but they don't. He teleports back before they can kill him. Uh, I honestly loved that beat so much. Yeah, I so cannot great. even imagine being in a situation where my life is on the line in that capacity and they're about to kill me and I'm correcting grammar. Oh, like, yeah. oh I absolutely would do that. Yeah, I true. 150% would do that. You like mess something up and it's like my thing. Like I'm, I'm going to correct you and I'll die for it happily. <laughs> I'm happily. Die happily. Oh if, if I go down correcting grammar, I mean, I guess that's that's how I go out. Wow. There is okay, so like this has come up a few times for people who have listened to me on the podcast on various podcasts, but just the idea of like I will burn it to the ground, um, just to just to prove I'm yeah. right on something. <laughs> um there so I, I did a Sex in the City watch for the first time relatively recently, and we were watching this, and like there's a character on there who Carrie Bradshaw dates. Uh, it's played by Ron Livingston, who's a fantastic comedic actor, just really great all around. But he plays this character who's really kind of like obnoxious in a very specific real world way. And there was a point where she was criticizing something in his book where he talked about a girl in a scrunchie in New York City. And uh, well, she was supposed to be a native New Yorker. And Carrie's just like, well, a native like a, would never wear a scrunchie. Like that's just not a native New York Manhattanite girl thing. And he was just like mad at her about it. And like... So this whole thing happened and then they went to a bar later and there was a girl there wearing a scrunchie and he like, they had gotten over the fight. This is, they had gotten over the fight and like, he like nudged her and like pointed to the scrunchie and like, she tried to like hold it back and like, was, like didn't really acknowledge, didn't really say anything. And like, then he's just like, oh, not, never would wear a scrunchie, huh? Kid never would happen. Like really digging at her. And then she like, you know, smartly was just like, she's not from here. She's a tourist. And, like, they confronted it, and, like, uh, uh, she was a tourist. It was a whole thing. <laughs> and Robin, my wife, was just like, if that was me and and he did that, I would have burnt it all to the ground <laughs> to prove to it. Because, like, Carrie was nice compared to, like, what Robin would do. And it's the same situation where he, like, is like, I will correct your grammar on my own system that I built for you that you lied to yep. me about. Like, it just is a specific type of energy. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Absolutely. Tangent, we but. took a journey there. This, <laughs> I mean, it's relatable, though. It's very relatable. It is. Especially for, like, specific types of dudes, right? And, like, this dude is one of them. Like, if this dude mm. said something incorrect, you'd want to just correct him because, like... Oh, my gosh, He's yes. terrible. Um, 
So meanwhile, the doctor finally phones Donna. Uh, he instructs her over the phone to reopen the teleporters from the warship. Uh, she's scared to go out there because there's a guard out there. The doctor says his line, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, but you've got to try. Uh, I, 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 now, like, I knew that he says it often. So now, though, ever since we've mentioned it, I've just been picking it up every time. Um, but he manages to talk her into it. She goes out there and whacks his vent with a hammer, uh, passes out. And the doctor guides her through the ship. Uh, there's one point where there's a door that needs three fingers. And she's like, what do I do? And he's like, you, you have three fingers. Like, you, have, you could do that. And she's like, oh, yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, and she she, goes she used there. all five though, Kevin. I like this is the <laughs> this is true. the thing that like, didn't make he she did the what is is this the Spock thing? Is that what this is? Right, that's the Star well, Trek. This, the, yeah, yes, that thing is, that everybody can yeah. see us doing. Live long mm -hmm. and prosper. The, the two <laughs> there you go. You <laughs> didn't even use three yeah, fingers. Like she didn't even use. Yeah, I'm not a big Star yeah. Trek guy. Although I've heard the, I've heard that Picard is actually very good, but I you know not Same. a not a Star Trek guy. But mm -hmm. she does you know she does that thing. Also, I was told that not everyone can do this. The the, yeah, the spot cans. Oh, yeah. It's not like a thing that people can you, do. You, that wasn't a thing when you were a kid. You were like, can you do this? Yeah, it was always that and like the rolling of the tongue. That was the <laughs> oh other thing. Yeah, I, can, like, I can't do that one. You can't like roll your tongue, Kevin? No. Oh. No. Wow. No, Taylor wow, and I just you. both <laughs> rolled our tongue. Look at that. We had a real <laughs> moment. Like a it yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> The power keeps shifting in this podcast. You really like Two it, out of three, like baby. Man, we cannot get three out of three on anything today. No. <laughs> All right. So um, the doctor hangs up once the colonel comes back. He's ready to fight because uh, that's worked so well before. Uh, so they gather outside the factory. They all have gas masks on. And the doctor asks the colonel, uh, are you my mommy? Which so good. Great reference. Loved Just it. Amazing. Loved it so much. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Oh great Agreed. callback. I was no, so no. happy. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because <laughs> like the, 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 the jet the colonel is just like what do you think of these guns and the doctor just are you yeah. happy which is yeah. just the he moment no is so serious that. there's poisons <laughs> the poison gas all over the world people are yep. dying oh my god just incredible um at this point the shield hel helicarrier i mean the valiant uh shows up and its engines are strong enough to clear the fog around the factory the doctor actually admits that's pretty brilliant uh, the Valiant opens fire, blowing up a wall, allowing Unit to enter, and they're able to actually fight back with their new bullets and actually take down some Centaurans. The Centaurans, though, love it. Uh, one of them says, uh, the honor of battle, the glory. Like, they're just like, yes, 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 this is what we live for and die for, I guess, um, which is very mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, my, my one question, why did we not think of this earlier to, get, to deal with the Poison Sky? Big fan. <laughs> Why didn't we think of this? Wow. I don't think we had the speed in which to build a giant fan for the planet. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. I just big fan. I think it would have worked. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I also can. Can I ask though? The Valiant mm -hmm. is yeah. is is it? Am, am I missing something? Is it super significant that I just don't know? So it, it, it this is not the first time we have seen the ship. This was back from the Christmas invasion when they were dealing with the the Sycorax, no. if you remember that. This is okay. uh, this is that same kind of deal. It's all yep. all Torchwood stuff. There's probably more in the Torchwood show as well about this ship. I just don't know about that specifically. But this was back from the Christmas invasion. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 
There was also a line in here. I think it, I forget who said it. It was like, oh man, there's London. You can't even see it. And then you pan out and you can see the entirety of London. (laughs) (laughs) The special effects artist didn't catch that line. Yeah. Man, you can't see anything. You'd expect them to pan out to like nothing, just fog. And it's the clearest London skyline you can ever see. Hilarious. Uh, all right, so with the Martha clone in tow, the doctor makes his way to the cloning room. He finds the real Martha there. He is not surprised by this at all. Uh, he knew the clone was a fake for a few reasons, but also because she smells harsh. Um, he severs his connection with Martha, which causes it to basically start dying, have a heart attack. Um, meanwhile, the colonel confronts us on Tyrant Commander, and he tells him to face him, which he does, and then he shoots him. So Tyrant finds it wonderful as he dies these are wild aliens to say the least um but i do like that element where he was just like turned to face me because it's like that face your phone battle bit which i think is really interesting and a really interesting parallel to like a bits of the military and these creatures so i thought that was really interesting it's subtle but it was uh, i thought pretty well done that whole piece of them and the doctor says it to them in the beginning on the, the the video like chat with them but like these these this alien race who is all about front facing like combat and facing your enemy and like their strategy is the like poison gas the like sending in the clone like this is so cowardly i would be like laughing at these guys because like are you serious (laughs) like this is ridiculous but yeah man i got i gotta say the whole donna clone dying that must be a quite an experience. Like watch yourself, yourself die. die. Like, oof, rough. We should maybe incorporate that in some D and D missions. <laughs> oh my god! Why would you say that? Oh, that's, that's an interesting thought. No. Uh, that seems like some trauma that can happen. Yeah, um, I'm into this idea. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Right now, Brett and I are currently wrecking Taylor and a whole party against yes. the national dreadnought. I haven't even looked right now. Um, <laughs> No, that uh, that'd be uh, that'd be very interesting. Um, they also really played out that moment. Like it wasn't just kind of a brief thing. They let Martha talk to Martha for a long yeah. time in yeah. that room. Like that was not a quick scene. Um, maybe too long, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. Like I kind of like the idea of it because we saw this Martha clone doing all the stuff for the Centaurans, but then Martha realizes like they share the same memory, right? And I think having the conversation talking about stuff where she's like the doctor's the enemy and she's like yes but like you have my memories you remember our family you know i i think that's a really great way to have her talk to this other version of herself tap into that and so like the betrayal of her uh, you know helping them and revealing that the poison gas is actually clone feed um i think like tracks in that way so i kind of i kind of like that it was a little bit lingered versus really quick yeah, I I also liked it. I thought, and and maybe it's because my brain is geared to think of things like, what what would my character do if this was a D and D session <laughs> and this was happening, and it was very relatable. Wh- I wh- like which this- character because one of them <laughs> might shoot them <laughs> with a bow and arrow. <laughs> That's very true. Um, but but yeah, I I kind of like this moment between Martha and her clone. Uh, this like convincing of sort of uh you know, regardless of who the enemies are, like we're here together, like we share memories, whatever. But I, I love when uh, Martha takes back her engagement ring. She slides that ring on. Girl, that is not staying on that finger. That 
And Gator <laughs> Ring was so loose. So loose. Yeah. That would not survive the shake test. No. Are you kidding me? What like we're in a like a war right now, Martha? Like we need to have a fitting engagement ring. I I feel like we <laughs> don't, I don't I really don't want to get us too far off track again. Fair enough. I just have no idea what the shake test is, but I'm also not the you, part you of the, this. Okay, I could guess what the shake test. I mean, yeah, it's not. Okay. You know, I've just <laughs> never I've never heard of this as a common test used to for rings. Although I'm well, you know. Certainly for, not at a point in my life where, you know, I'm sure. putting on rings all the time. Well, listen, Adam, if the time comes, the shake test is especially important for engagement rings mm -hmm. because they are expensive and you don't <laughs> want that to fall off and be yeah. gone forever. That would be bad. So, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. I just have a lot of faith in the person that I would ever hypothetically give that ring to to like figure it out, you know? <laughs> Nope. That's no. Figure it out. Yeah, I mean, like if we, you know, if we need to, like, whatever, fix it or or their like ring size before even getting to that. How can I? Again, I this is said from the perspective of someone who is just not at the point in their life where I am having these conversations with other people. However, if you like hypothetically had to go about like, hey, roughly how big is your finger? Like, how does that question? Like, how does that? How do you ask that question? What a way to well the. Yeah, depending on um, how else do you put it? What also? Uh, what's, what's your, your ring, ring size? size? <laughs> what's your ring size? Is the well, they're gonna know to then. They're gonna know. Well, that there's a ring. You think you how say, big hey, is your finger? Why? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how can we? Ready? How can we? Yeah, please. Hey, hey, I'm I'm going to the thrift store. I'm going to the flea market. What's your ring size? If I see something like what? What kind of earrings do you like? Like, mix it into the conversation. Oh, like try and slip it in. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Also, okay. wait till they're asleep. And then tie a string around their finger, and then you know the size. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Know. I didn't do that, but I did see people saying that, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Kevin, I tried it. Not... She's a light sleeper. Oh. Um, so I did not do it that way. I actually just um, uh, so I I know what size. Like I know I've seen my sister physically, I've seen her sister physically, and I've seen my wife physically. So I was just like finger, finger, finger. Probably <laughs> between both of them. To not physically. Yeah, well, you know, and I was able to. Well, sometimes you don't like, like sometimes people don't meet other people before. Sometimes marriages That's happen quickly. Very, I don't know. So, marriages happen quickly. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was able to just go in between their ring sizes. Adam is leaving <laughs> over this. <laughs> Kevin, dying. I know you're never gonna listen to this back, but you really should. I <laughs> see my wife physically, my sister physically, my sister-in-law physically, and finger, finger, finger were the words that came out of your mouth. And I am dead. Oh my god. Hi, um, I I I I also just have to say broadly that like I don't know my my ring sizes. Oh my like, god! There's a whole well, there's so many layers. What to are the sizes? Problem. Is it like small, medium, large type? No, they're numbers. Like one numbers. To like yeah. one to like nine. Um, I yeah. mean, they were both married, my sister and sister-in-law, so they knew their ring sizes because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, sure. I they yeah. both said before that they did not know their ring. How big? Do you know what your ring size is, Kevin? No. No. <laughs> okay. Once that information is no longer necessary, I just generally. Right, it's just it wow! Me. What a brag! What a brag! Oh my goodness! <laughs> no longer necessary. Oh my gosh! Anyway, so clone <laughs> feed—they're converting <laughs> into a giant breeding world because the Centaurans are all clones. 
Um, so Martha and her clone share this moment before the clone dies. Um, and as to mention, takes engagement ring back. Uh, with Donna's help, the doctor is able to reactivate the teleport pods and rescues her from the Santaran ship. Uh, her immediate words upon coming back is, have I told you how much I hate you? And gives him a hug. Fantastic moment. Amazing. Um, uh, Donna, the doctor, and Martha teleport to Radigan's, who still has his gun. And I just love that the doctor just like takes it and tosses it without even stopping his his walking. It's fantastic. Absolutely incredible moment. Um, so the doctor builds an atmospheric converter, which ignites the Earth's atmosphere, and it clears out the gas. <laughs> And since I'm not Melissa, I'm just going to accept this and not ask many questions. Yeah. I love that for this podcast. I think that we should all <laughs> just be like, yep, this is the thing that happens and we're good. I Agreed? Okay. Oh, no! <laughs> we, yes, we couldn't get a three out of three on this. <laughs> oh, we, we can. It just hurts. <laughs> we can. It just hurts. Would also this have been better or worse than Giant Fan? <laughs> like what if so okay, stupid. seriously i could actually see this as a doctor who situation here what if he's like i can do this but i have to spin the moon around like a fan and then it'll <laughs> burn no. like which would have been better just whip it around. yeah exactly no. well the tortoise's oh gravitational okay, pull would be able to I, you know, like we can i have like i did take environmental science and we did talk a great so deal Yes, I so am. One thing, just okay. one course. Just one, just one. That's all you need. Um, but the don't mess with the moon. <laughs> just don't mess with the moon. Number one, do not mess with True. the moon. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know if like it would be this simple because, like, but okay, but okay, okay, okay. <laughs> How, how would I get more upset about the sentence, we will breed across the earth for the glory of Santar? Because that's disgusting. And I was upset. I mean, yeah, but they're, to be fair, they're just breeding via clones. So it's not that's like, just, you know. That's gross, though. I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> the idea of breathing in like food that's going to turn me into a, like an alien is, is so gross. I, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Not. Would the uh, drinking a thing that'll turn you into an alien, like the oud, also? No, no, <laughs> no. Um, I think I'm just like don't don't like trick me or like into adjusting anything. That like turns ingest, me into an alien. like I like I ugh ew ew. When did you see the movie Alien? A long time ago and far too many times. This probably <laughs> explains your fear of eating anything <laughs> and then aliens happening because uh, pretty famously graphic moment. Yes, it lives rent-free in my head, but Sigourney Weaver is uh, an icon, so love her. Yeah, Just going to put another two out of three out there. I've never seen aliens. So. Excuse Interesting. me? Interesting. It's, first of all, Alien and Aliens, phenomenal movies. Uh, highly recommend. Aliens is one of Josh Wiggler's favorite movies of all time. Um, it's I love that film. Uh, but the first one, Adam, is important uh, a little bit because the person that we're talking about. Have you seen the scene? I I what I don't know. Maybe there's a there's a chest bursty scene that happens in Alien. 
no. You oh, try man. I try that? to avoid situations where people's chests are bursting open. That's hilarious. What if I told you that that person who it happens to will become very important later in this podcast? Oh. And by very important, I mean extremely important. Well, now, I mean, do I have to look this up? Should I watch don't this Don't do scene? it now because we don't want to spoil it for people, but uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, 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 we'll chat. We'll chat a little bit. Um, all right. Let's get back to this, though. Um, so uh, the atmosphere is cleared. Uh, we see scenes of celebrations from Unit, Donna's mom, and Wilf. The Santarans take the loss and leave. I'm just kidding. Of course they don't. They decide they're just going to ravage Earth and kill everyone. Uh, the doctor says a goodbye to Donna and Martha. And he tells Radigan to do something clever with your life. It's clear that he's about to sacrifice himself and he's going to ignite the air in a Centauran ship in order to eliminate the threat. But Martha asks him why he can't just send up the device by itself and put a delay on it. And he says he can't because he has to give them a choice. This is a phenomenal line and a phenomenal doctor moment. This line, like, I think makes this episode. It's so so good and it's such a defining moment for like a character to just basically be like no he has to give them a choice it says so much about who he is i just this is amazing this is just so fantastic yeah i loved this um i i uh very famously kind of well not very famously but i i play a lot of characters in uh in D. &D. i love i love characters in general from stories and then movies and things this like this kind of ideal, this sort of empathy, this that everybody should have the ability to make the choice is so good. And I I really love this moment, even though the the doctor and the drama, but the line was incredible. I agree. Yeah, and I like you're saying, Kevin, I really like this as a character beat for mm -hmm. the doctor that we have seen thus far and that we will continue to see. And I think that like, you know, a, a couple of times throughout this podcast and throughout the episodes we've talked to, um, it's like it just he always gives that second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and like all he like he's never going to be you know um uh, you know not willing to offer some kind of redemption and I think that it's like the last chance that really sticks to me of like the doctor is just always willing to give them another try always willing to do that up until the literal last moment that he possibly can like there does not exist a boundary to the grace that he is willing to offer to anyone in any situation because like just objectively, if we, you know, listed off all of the ridiculously evil and terrible things that the Centaurans did throughout these two episodes, it's a long list that is filled with some of the most awful things that any villain of this show has done thus far. Like, you know, I would put them on par with anything a Dalek has done the whole series thus far. Uh, and I don't even really think it's close. Right. And wow. like, he, I mean, seriously, like what we're, we're talking about literally trying to murder and create alien food of every single person on earth. Right. Um, and you know, like so many things and gosh, he just still does it. Like it's still that moment. And there isn't like a bunch of surprise or anything about that. I wasn't surprised when it happened, mm -hmm. but I still think it like plays really powerfully as he goes up there because he's accepting that he has to give them this chance. He knows he has to give them this chance, even at his own expense. And I think like that is the is the real crux of this because it's not a last chance of convenience to make the doctor look good for offering the chance. It's not a, okay, I have to do this because of my moral code, but I'm still going to be fine after I do this. It's a, 
I am going to put myself in harm's way, potentially die for this because it is so fundamental to me that there is no one beyond the point of redemption. And that is like really the core message of who the doctor is, Dr. Who. And I, it's one of the reasons why this show and this character resonates with me and so many people, because that is just a fundamental core tenant of the character. And it plays out every single time. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. That's very well said. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just such a great, like, character beat, right? Like, in the same way, like, uh, the character I played on Dragonfly recently, but in their first incarnation was very much similar about, like, giving people chances and things like that. It's just such a, like, Donna Noble type, um, like, thing. I I tried to do a Noble type thing and put Donna. It didn't work. Anyway, <laughs> um, but given the choice, the Zentarans choose death, naturally. They're ready to deploy their weapons on Earth. The Doctor is begging them to reconsider but they start chanting again uh, because, of course, they do. Uh, and Radigan, meanwhile, back at, uh, on Earth, decides to do something clever. And he teleports himself onto the Santaran ship, switching places with the Doctor, and he gives them the Santarha chant one time and then hits the button and blows them all up. Um, so he had his moment here. And, Adam, this is something you said earlier. You're not here for uh, the redemption. And I definitely wanted to like talk about this because I find this interesting. Uh, first, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on on this. Yeah, I mean, I, just like given what the character has done and how the character has acted, as much as I really do love the acting, right? I just don't think that Radigan was in a position where I was like ready to not only forgive, but also like be interested in him being the one that gets the shining moment to save the day, right? Like that to me is not the story of these two episodes. Um, and I, I have a little bit of umbrage with like that being the choice that they made for That's how a different to get the podcast. Doctor. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully um, for like, you know, that being the choice they made, like, you know, the doctor gets out. He's the one that ultimately has that sacrifice play. Um, I don't know. Like we saw him just be so terrible earlier. I think what, to be honest with you, I think like what this needed was one more scene between the doctor and Radigan to like really set in the idea of the reasoning why Radigan is making this choice and the reasoning like, you know, that he has for going up there and like his, you know, clever creativity and coming up with a solution is because of what the doctor said or did. We got like a little bit of it, right? Like he had a, a really nice moment with with um, with Martha, with with Donna, and then he was just like, "Make something clever of your life, kid." Basically, you know, one of those. And like that is the impetus for how it saves the day. It's not Donna. It's not Martha. It's really not even the Doctor here because he wasn't really given the opportunity. And instead, we get Radigan doing it. I think I just needed one more scene of basically what we were saying before of that same kind of forgiveness of that last chance, give you this opportunity, some kind of, I don't know, pep talk, some kind of get, get right kid, like get straight, you know, something like that for him to like have this moment. I feel like it was slightly unearned in the sense of like our, my overall feeling of how the actual story ends and how it gets resolved. I'm still, uh, you know, crediting the doctor with the ultimate save here as opposed to Radigan. And so maybe that's part of why this gets redeemed in my eyes a little bit. But if we, you know, if, if we're giving Radigan the credit here, I like, I struggle with that a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, it's so I don't necessarily disagree with anything you're saying. I just wanted to kind of talk about this out loud because it's always to me redemption stories have been like a not a thorn necessarily in my side, but like a, a, a sticking point in me in a lot of fiction that has come out recently. Um, and it really hit a, a limit on a certain 
current end of a trilogy that wasn't a trilogy but is actually the ninth movie in a series is what i will say and their attempt at being like redeemed now and don't we all love this character and it's just like no absolutely not um and this is my issue with redemption stories is that they they you do a thing here's the one thing you did after doing all this terrible stuff that means this person is a good guy now no it does not and it's interesting in this because when i was thinking about this moment specifically it's hard for me to point it necessarily and say like this was them trying to be like you are fully redeemed now and i think like maybe that's why i'm a little more accepting of it is that i don't think it was meant to be like he is redeemed and be revered but he did an act that wasn't like selfish that he did a thing and like it, even in his moment he still showed like hey i can do this but doesn't mean we're gonna be like great we'll remember him as a hero forever and like it's hard to say like that's the way it does work out here because like they don't really go one way or the other. But I agree with you. I would have really liked it if his reasoning wasn't just like the doctor said, do something clever. If he was just like, you know, like um, make fool out of me, right? Like if he was more about like he's doing it because of his own like still like mental thing to be like, they made a fool out of me. They ruined my school. They ruined everything. I'm going to show them how clever I really am. And then he does it. I think that still speaks towards his reasons and motivations. He's still that person, but he doesn't act that makes him still like, well, you're still bad, but you still did a good thing in, in that moment. And that still works. But I don't think it's like redemption because I do agree with you. Like it's not enough. Like the, too many redemption stories are very much just like he did one good thing. Huzzah. And like, that's just, bad writing and bad uh, storytelling there's been like off my head like there's two redemption stories i think in fiction that are like my epitome of like this is how you do character redemption one of them is spike from buffy the vampire slayer phenomenal character arc going from straight up villain to by the end of the entire story he's a completely different character a hero and it took seasons seasons of story to get him to that point and the other one I think is the number one of all time, and I doubt it's going to be beat, which is Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Impossible to beat that. Like, it's just so well done and so perfectly executed of, like, what a redemption story is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... I think I, I don't disagree with you guys. I think, though, that there is something that I can see in Radigan where all this made sense to me. Because over these past two episodes, they don't the doctor and Radigan don't necessarily have a conversation about this, but whenever the doctor interacts with him, uh, you know, he's very witty. He, he continuously like tears Radigan down. And I think that instead of this kid kind of, uh, being mad at the doctor, I feel like it turns into a sort of respect and, uh, sort of a, an understanding of like who this person kind of is. And we get to this moment and, you know, this this genius kid has spent a lot of his life in this, you know, doing this, being the genius kid and finally doing what he wants to do for himself or at least feels that way. He wants to rule something. He wants to own something, which, like, probably speaks to, like, a crappy childhood that he probably had um, and where nobody said no to him. And the doctor comes in and is, like, smacking him around with his words and they, yeah, we get to the end of the story and the kid is like, I, I can't like let the doctor do this. And, and I certainly don't think that like this one thing redeems him because he's clearly like a psychopath and really like not, not a good person. Um, but I thought that this was really kind of cool 
uh, of a moment for him here is like very kind of a, a valiant end for this kind of this character that we most of us I imagine hated uh, just to, like you said I'm very well acted um, but I thought it was it was understandable at least for me when I when I tried to like think deeply about the character and you know he's so young and you know, I mean, he's, he was trying to do something heroic in his final moments, uh, which, you know, I guess I, I can, I can see it. I can, I can understand his motivation there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such a good point, but even like what you're saying, the, the comparison to the doctor, right. Of like the, you know, the doctor kind of comes in and puts him down multiple times throughout their conversations and stuff like that. To me, that just makes me want that scene with him and the doctor even more right mm -hmm. like i would i so want the doctor to come in and just like start relating to this kid because in a way a very different way and you'd have to kind of squint to see this but in a way the doctor and this kid are very similar in yeah. in like really a lot of aspects especially the intellect the the loneliness the how they interact with other people like there is a lot of this you know and the doctor is not always very you know kind humble or understanding when dealing with other people especially in uh you know when we're talking about ways of intellect and so i think like gosh a conversation just like you know around the academy kind of after things maybe calm down a little bit before this ending of the doctor and radigan just being like hey i know you know i know where you're coming from like or he tell maybe he tells a story about someone from the past you know there's a lot of ways to do it where they can kind of have this relating moment but i think if we had something like that and then of what you're talking about taylor of like this kid is like i can't let the doctor go out like that because of you know because of this i think it was just like the the motivation the reasoning behind it that i felt was a little flimsy compared to some of the other stuff this episode and some of the other stuff i know this series has to offer so um, yes. But I do, I do think that's like a really good, you know, understanding and analysis of like they did. This is how they were interacting before. I just wanted like just one more scene. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit more. Just sure. a little bit I more. Think this, and this is all fair. This is, again, why I really wanted to talk about this because it's such a like interesting talking point. And I feel like voicing also our own POVs on this moment because it's so easy to write off to be like, he's completely redeemed now. Hooray him. And I feel like voicing like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Is, is good and like if you wanted to really really lean for that redemption here's how you could do it to adam's point you know like having these moments so i just wanted to talk about it out loud because i just feel like redemption stories get so glossed over these days that somebody needs to say something or do something but anyway um so centaurians all blow up uh we cut back everyone's gone back to slowly going back to normal life they're taking the atmos out of their cars um donna's ready to go off with the doctor uh, her mom obviously won't like this, but Wilf again gives her blessing to keep traveling to the doctor uh, and go see the stars and ask her to bring some of the stars back for old Gramps, which is just such a touching, wonderful <sighs> moment for like this man who really wished that he was young enough to travel like this, you know, um, but clearly is too old. Um, and so like, it's just so sweet. Like he's such a great character. Everybody loves mm -hmm. him. And so like, yeah, it's, it's really great. He really reminds me of um, like Toodles from hook uh yeah. that's like kind well, of the well, i the, got it i know what you meant yeah yeah like are we wait are we three out of three on hook we did it oh, yeah, we did it. it only took us an Bang hour away. Away. <laughs> yes incredible uh, but yeah i mean granddad uh, uh wilf i mean which i love wilf is short for like wilfred like i never in my life have i heard this but i love it um i have to I, well maybe i don't have yeah. to ask the question but is i'm i'm gonna just do it anyway we're an hour 15 and no one's listening yeah. to this. is wilf a gilf that's the question 
No. Oh my god. No. You ruined it. You ruined yeah. it for Taylor. Okay. I was Taylor. just about to say that like I totally cried in this. <laughs> I am like I don't know uh the people who uh, I podcasted before I podcast about Willow. I can't do the like supportive family relationships. Like they absolutely <laughs> destroy me. So this with like, you know, him sending like his her blessing to like, oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, but yeah. I Wait just, a minute, I, you podcasted about Willow? I did. Oh, okay. Really? I don't think I've heard that before. Oh, oh don't we'll, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't, worry about it. don't worry about it. All right. So let's let's hit to the end as we're close right now. Um, so they get back to the TARDIS. Donna asks Martha if she wants to come with them, but Martha says that she's, you know, she's good, she's had her time. There's so much here, including her fiance. And so she starts to leave, but then the TARDIS door shuts on her and it starts flying off. So who knows? where and that is where this episode ends in a semi cliffhanger as martha's gonna be along for at least one more ride which is very fun very fun for us but poor martha yes probably not for martha <laughs> um yeah so that wraps up the poison sky the end of this two-part episode uh which was really fun to cover really fun to talk about um and now we get to the other stuff actually before we do that the continuity threads um we we mentioned a couple things here right the um the brigadier uh general is going to be something that'll come back around the Santarans themselves will come back around unit is going to come back around um there's there's a lot that that's in there i'm trying to think of any other major major things from this episode but i think those are the main points that will be things that you should remember and pay attention to because they will play a part in Doctor Who as we move forward. Um, but yeah, let's hit on down to, we read a lot of the feedback last week. A lot of people threw in their feedback for both episodes. So we kind of covered our feedback um, because a lot of people who have been listening previously, we usually do them as one, but we'll be splitting them up moving forward so we can get feedback for each episode in two parters. That's sort of how we're going to be covering it from now on. Um, so That'll head us right into our ratings. Um, we actually requested that uh, while in the field of battle against the Zarkons, that Melissa send her ratings in for this episode, which she did. So, Adam, if you would like to read Melissa's ratings and some comments that she had. Yeah, so, as always, we start with Wibbly Wobbly, where she gives a four pretty high uh, on this yeah. overall. She says, I was kind of middling on these episodes, but getting to see Martha again, Donna and her family and the doctors, I've got to give them a choice, made it some great Doctor Who. So four for Melissa Absolutely. for Wibbly yeah. Wobbly and for Tommy Wimey, just a bit lower at a 3.5, still very solid. Uh, she says, some time are fun baddies, plus getting, in, uh, getting to tie into some Doctor Who lore with Martha and Unit is great. So... Pretty high overall in the episodes, uh, is Melissa. Yeah, um, agreed. Um, Adam, would you like to share your Wibbly Wobbly time with me? Yes. Okay. I think I am in agreement with Melissa on Wibbly Wobbly. I really liked these, um, this two-parter. I, I remember being, it's already been so long, but I remember being very high on the first part when we talked about it last week, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm still high on this now. I'm also at a four on Wibbly Wobbly. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna be a little bit lower on Tommy Wimey than Melissa is because I well, we know <laughs> I just like did not see the Tommy Wimey that that was you know here really. 
Um, and like, I don't, I don't know. There was just not a lot of it, unfortunately. So I'm at a two on timey-wimey. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that things need to be timey-wimey in order for them to get a high, like, Wibbly Bobby score. Like, I think that you know, my overall enjoyment of the episode is not necessarily always predicated around timey-wimey, but in this case, not not a lot going on that is uh, relevant to time. Yeah, I, I I definitely get what you mean, right? Like, you can really like the plot or structure of an episode. It just doesn't have, like, a ton of whatever we define tiny I mean, yes. amongst yes. our own personal selves. Um, Nate Taylor, you, I believe, submitted your scores in uh, Discord. Um, and I believe, Adam, you've probably already incorporated those in, I assume? Sure. Mark? Yeah, just tell me uh, again, just in case maybe I didn't. <laughs> just in case that we missed it. Because <laughs> we still want to say them out loud, right? I mean, yeah. I don't want to, like, bury them hypothetically in the spreadsheet that I definitely put them in. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, for Wibbly Wobbly, I have not as quite as high as a four i really enjoyed it but i feel like uh in comparison to some of the other episodes i've seen it wasn't as high i still had a good time with it so i put it at a 3.8 because because we're breaking rules Mm, Um, here we go (laughs) (laughs) and then for tiny wimey i'm i'm on the same page with you adam uh i'm at a a two because i just didn't i didn't feel the tiny wimeyness whatever that is I just didn't, I didn't feel it necessarily yeah. super present in this episode, but you know what, Taylor, I really love the timey wimeyness for you. It's just like a vibe. It's not just a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent. And for everyone who's listening, you could of course can send your own scores in for episode. We got two scores that we do wibbly wobbly, which is the story of the episode, the plot, the, you know, how did you like that overall? And timey wimey, which is the other part, like in, in the title, timey wimey, the time travel, but we cast the some of us classify it as the sci-fi elements, the like what are the, the interesting pieces there. Um so send those in. You could do so if you're a patron on the Discord, or you can send them uh at Kevin at postshowrecaps.com. As for my scores, I'm man, I'm really torn. I'm sort of not uh, got a little lower just because I'm not gonna do a 3.8. Cause like that, that that's wild for me. But I do do three point seven five. I do that the two the point two five. That's I just <laughs> the, 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 okay. I'm so not, you're I'm not the... you're telling me that the point <laughs> zero five difference five? here yeah. is is okay. Okay, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. my my own personal yeah uh, yeah you know OCDness mm-hmm. refuses mm-hmm. to allow me to. You're do not that. even the one putting these in the spreadsheet. What do you mean your own personal? <laughs> I'm saying them out loud. So uh, I'm gonna go with three point seven five. I do think this episode is really solid, really good. But there's other episodes in my mind that hit that four and above that like I just liked a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will go is higher because the parts that I really do love are the Suntarans themselves. And I throw that into as a race and as like the idea of how they develop and all that stuff into my own personal timey-wimey. So I'm going to put that into timey-wimey at a 2.5 for me. So a little bit higher. Uh, okay. So those are my okay. scores for this episode. Adam, where does that leave us? Well, the audience is a little bit lower on basically all fronts for wow. uh, these uh, set of episodes. So as a reminder, we did both of them together. And I just want to say, because there were some people that submitted the ratings after last week. And so if you wanted to hypothetically submit them for this episode, or if it was just for last episode, you want to like average them out, just, you know, uh, we, these are still changeable. I just want to say, 
um, we had people send them after part one of part two, and we're only doing one rating for both episodes. Just making that important caveat here before I say these numbers. But for Wibbly Wobbly, they were at a 2.95, so just under wow. a three there. Uh, oh. Lower than all of us by a pretty significant margin. And yeah. then for Tommy Wimey um, at a 2.25. So higher than uh, you know me a little bit, but lower than both of you. So we're at a 3.7 for Wibbly Wobbly, 2.5 for Tommy Wimey. Not very high for Tommy Wimey, 3.7. We take those. It's the second highest of the season overall after Partners in Crime thus far. So, um, you know, still still pretty decent there. Yeah, definitely not not a terrible rating. But for sure, if you only sent in uh, ratings for the first part, please send them in for the second part. We were doing what and any two partners coming up, we're going to write them as a whole because it's the only way to really think about it, uh, in, in our opinion. Um, as one complete story, even though we're doing them in two different segments, yada, yada, yada. But um, <laughs> being second highest is not so bad at all. I mean, again, this is a really solid season, and it, I think we've got some really solid episodes coming up, um, and starting with next week's episode, which is going to be uh, season four, episode six, The Doctor's Daughter, which, mm. what could that mean? Mm. Um, this will be a real fun one to talk about. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful adventure through space and time. It was great having you and uh, talking about this episode with you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was wonderful to uh, come back to the the hooness uh, so far down the line. Hooness, that's hooness. Hooness, yeah. Okay. Hooness. Hooness, the new phone. Hoonis. New phone. Hooness. Hooness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, we will see you all next week. Until then, Allah Z. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.